Well, hello, I'm Kathy Beer from Pets for Life, and today I'll be speaking with Dr. Georgina Child about neurological disease in dogs. Georgina is an expert in this field with many years of experience. She is a specialist veterinary neurologist at the Small Animal Specialist Hospital known as SASH in Sydney. In fact, Georgina is one of only a few registered specialist veterinary neurologists in Australia. She has two dogs, an epileptic border collie and a cavalier, which I assume is not epileptic, but we can ask Georgina a bit more about that in a minute. So welcome, Georgina, to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. Um, look, let's just start with uh, what is neurological disease in dogs in um, layman's terms? Uh, neurology is all about um, the basically the nervous system, so the brain, the spinal cord, and the nerves that make limbs work and 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 make everything work. And we see you know a number of different disorders that can affect any part of of the nervous system, be it the brain or be it the spinal cord or be it those peripheral nerves. Mm-hmm. And Dogs and cats, and in fact any um, any animal, uh, are prone to the same disease processes and the same problems that we see in people. Okay, so um, so what would be a typical sort of symptoms that dog owners should look out for? So, well, for animals that have um, a problem with their brain, and mm-hmm. that may be due to a metabolic problem, it may be due to an infection or an inflammatory disease or may in fact be due to a tumour or, or something more sinister or even a stroke. Dogs can um, and cats can have cerebrovascular accidents. The kind of signs that we see would be significant changes in cognitive ability, so mm-hmm. loss of learned behaviours, you know, difficulties in recognising things that they should recognise well, um, tendency to to walk in circles or veer in one direction, problems mm-hmm. with their vision that can't be explained by an eye problem, um, or abnormalities in how they walk. And that would be something that we may see with brain problems or spinal cord problems where they are weak or they're incoordinated, or they're unable to get up. Um, So any abnormality in the way an animal moves is or can be associated with a neurologic problem. Um, We can see pain. We can see spinal pain, neck pain, back pain. Uh, But how does pain manifest itself? Like you can see pain. Is that something that you... Feel or how does it? Um, it can how be. Can just you recognise that? It can be just in a, an animal's um, posture, how they stand, mm-hmm. how, how they hold their their neck. For example, animals with neck pain tend not to want to move their neck at all. They tend to pull their head in towards their chest, and if they have to move, move their whole body rather than moving their neck. Um, much like people with a sore neck. Um, Animals with a sore back will often stand with a, a hunched kind of a posture. Mm-hmm. Um, animals that are, are painful may just withdraw, so not want to do the things that they 
used to like doing, not want to be patted um, and and hide and become unsociable. Um, so you know there are sometimes it's very difficult to read whether an animal feels is painful or not, and some animals are very very stoic, and even if you examine them, they're not going to give you any overt signs. Whereas some animals are highly reactive and and very anxious animals can seem like they're painful and they're actually not. They just want you to go away. So mm. it it can be difficult. It is, you know, I would say it's there is there is very much science in it, but there's also a little bit of art as well. Okay, um, and what about uh, seizures? Yeah, a... seizures. Very, you know, quite yeah. a as and as you said in your intro, I I I have a. Uh, an epileptic dog and seizures are common in in dogs probably mm. between one and five percent of the dog population and little less possibly in the cat population will have a seizure at some point mm. in their life and that may be associated with epilepsy or it may be associated with um, toxicities in some instances and may be associated with underlying brain disease in others like like a brain tumor okay so yes where, where does it sort of um like a seizure would it fall into your field in in urology would it be if it was epilepsy as opposed to something like toxicity or yeah any i would say any animal that has more than one seizure <laughs> event um is you know much less likely to have a toxicity although there is there are a few toxicities which can cause recurrent seizures over a number of weeks or months and lead poisoning would be one of those and mm. it used to be a fairly common disease but now thankfully is is is, is quite uncommon um, but any animal that has more than one seizure event and has not got a, a an established um, metabolic cause like they don't have a low blood sugar level or they don't have um, exposure to a toxin probably would you know fall into my my ambit and those animals you know may need to be investigated for you know an underlying brain problem right so um what what would be the typical test that you would run to to try and work out what is what is the cause yeah uh, in, in some ways it depends on 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 the age of the dog if we're talking specifically about dogs here, cats are a little bit different because they have a much lower incidence of epilepsy per se. Mm. Um, but they do ha they do have seizure disorders and they're more likely to be due to some other cause. But basically it's to investigate for any possible causes of encephalitis or inflammation of the brain, mm -hmm. any malformation of the brain. Some animals are born with their brain's not put together quite right and may have um, abnormal cysts or abnormal conformation of their brain which may predispose them to seizures. And we look for tumours. Some dogs, especially, unfortunately, um, once they're over seven years of age, if they have a new onset of seizures, they mm. have up to a 50% chance of having a brain tumour underlying it. Oh, dear. Yeah. Whereas dogs that are less than five, when they have yeah. their first seizure, if they have no other neurologic abnormality, um, are more likely to be 
epileptic and epilepsy as we're increasingly discovering is probably um, genetically based or has probably got some um, hereditary underpinning in it or genetic um, mutation. So to say epilepsy would be a better outcome than a tumour. Um, it can be treated, is that? Yes, and I think you know, yeah. I think both can be treated um, mm. for varying degrees of time. And I think you know, back to your original question about what can we do in terms of tests. Sometimes mm. to look at the brain, we would need to do brain imaging, and MRI is increasingly available for for dogs, mm. and and certainly is available in you know several specialist hospitals in Sydney, and it gives us you know, a much better idea of whether there is underlying structural pathology that might cause seizures. Epileptics, generally speaking, have a very normal-looking brain. Their problem is a, is a functional one rather than a, a structural one. Mm-hmm. And, however, the treatment for seizures generally is the same with anti-seizure medication. And for epileptics, yes, the prognosis is pretty good, about you know, 70... To 80% of epileptics, we tend to manage their condition uh, reasonably well. Mm-hmm. Although I would say that stopping seizures completely is is can be really difficult. Um, but it, it, each each animal is an individual patient, and for some we manage their seizures very well, and some we we struggle a bit. Um, just like in humans, epilepsy mm. is a is a you know very comparable disease in terms of of causes and and outcome in both people and dogs. No, that's that's great. That's very helpful. Um, I guess is there any you know story or any particular case that you've come across that well you in your uh, over thirty years in your pract- in practice that uh, you'd like to share or oh I would always you know I uh, my my colleagues laugh at me because I I have an epileptic border collie Mm. and you know I spend a lot of my time counseling people owners and their pets with with epileptic dogs and and my Tilly who who came to me as a surrendered pet so not as an epileptic but then as a two-year-old developed epilepsy which is unfortunately not uncommon in the breed and and one which, an epilepsy which can be very difficult to control. So I can honestly say to all of my my clients, I've lived all of their their mm. their heartache and their worst um, nightmares because even though I have all of the 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 capacity to to do the best things, um, I still had a great deal of difficulty managing her epilepsy and. She became refractory to multiple anti-seizure medications and had several bouts of hospital um, admission because of her her seizure disorder. And it 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 is it is very salutary to me to know you know for me to know what my clients you know live with at home. Mm. But when she's you know epilepsy is a disease that causes causes seizures which it can be very distressing to watch but mm. but not something that dogs we think have any memory of we you know from people we know that people who have generalized seizures don't have any recollection of those events 
and between seizures she was perfectly happy, normal, very active, you know, loving border collie. Well, how often would she have a seizure now? Or well, she doesn't. Luckily of now she you know, she's now ten, so yes. she's lived for eight years with this problem and she's currently on an anticonvulsant that has managed her seizures well. So she has very infrequent seizures now, which is which is which is which is lucky for me. It's you know, I would say ten percent of of epileptic dogs we never manage their seizures well and they they may be euthanized because of their poor quality of life. Mm. But for for Tilly she's currently well managed, but at her worst she, you know, may have had events where she may have had up to ten seizures in a day and those Gosh, events yeah. may have been every couple of weeks. So it's just been a matter of trial you know, trial not trial and error, been, but working out. It's been a matter of, of of trial trial and error and with, um, the medication. Yeah. 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 And and managing her disease rather than, than curing it. Yes, yeah. Okay. Oh well thank you very much for that, Georgina. It's all been very interesting and eye-opening I've learned a lot I have to say um, well, thanks for joining me today we'll probably wrap up now and um, and thanks for sharing your expert knowledge about neurology it's, well it's a, it's a big field it's yes. a big field <laughs> to there's a lot of things we can talk about but thank you I've enjoyed yes. it yes well I hope we'll chat with you again soon I'm sure we'd, we'd love to have you back so thank you very much <laughs>